Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child, where we explore the social, emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual development of a child and offer wisdom on these issues. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Take a deep breath with me. And let's settle in and see what we can talk about today. Well, I think we're going to talk about discipline, mm-hmm. which is a big subject. Yeah. I'm excited about it, which I say that all the time. I listened to another one. I was like, okay, Diane, you said you're excited about it three times in about five sentences. So I need to come up with another word. But, I don't know. I'm excited to be here. It is, yeah. I enjoy talking with you. Well, thank you. And this is a great subject. Absolutely. What we is have, discipline? Yeah, what is discipline? Well, let's think about it. So discipline comes from the same word as disciple. Right. And when we disciple someone, what are we doing? Well, we're being an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're teaching. Yes. Yeah. So do we want to read a scripture first? Let's do. Let's read a scripture. And I thought this one was a good one because um, this version, I thought it gave grace to both the parent and the child. It says, my dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, talking about God. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. Yeah, so discipline really is teaching. Mm -hmm. I I know that when I came to my parenting journey, I tended to think of discipline as punishing how am I going to discipline? How, how am I going to make this child do what I want them to do? And again, I know I say this a lot. It came from that wrong position of I can make someone do something. And and the truth is I can't make anyone. So I know. And let's touch that for a minute. Yeah. Because can we really make somebody? No. No. The only person we can make some, do something is ourselves. That's right. And even acknowledging that and accepting that is a big step. Yes, it is. Because I think as parents, as moms, we think that we can control other people or mm-hmm. make them do something, but we can't. Right. We we can teach. We can be good examples. We can speak the truth, but we can't make people do things. Right. And for me, what that also really does, that idea that, I, that the person I can make do something and the person I do have some control over is myself— it opens up this whole new world of growth for me. Mm-hmm. If I will focus in on my relationship with God, Christ in me, I- I'm open to growing then. That's right. And, and so in my parenting journey, it's kind of ripping that Band-Aid off of, of the fact that I have to control others. No, it's all about me growing mm-hmm. and me discipling uh, my child. Yes, and, and I think I've model. talked about it before and here. I specifically remember the day that the Lord revealed to me that I cannot control my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was that was a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's stressful. It yeah. yeah, it relieved a lot of the stress. It was like, oh my, I have been living a lie here, you mm-hmm. know. Because it's an endless battle you're fighting, that control, that idea of control. It's fatiguing and it's overwhelming mm-hmm. and you can't you can't do it. No, so yeah. So no. we encourage you if if that's something you're toying with, you know, to let that go. 
So God is discipling us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we are discipling them, our kids. So what does that look like? Teaching is is the the first thing we think about. Teaching them what are, you know, defining the values, teaching the values. How am I presenting the values that I hold dear to my mm-hmm. children? Modeling, yes, modeling. How, how am I living out these values for my child? Because they're watching, yes. and they're and then interacting with my child. How are my interactions? Are they right. covered with grace and or are they clear? And you know, the mind of a child. We talk about the brain, and we think about the brain being so social. Mm-hmm. The brain is a social organ. It's relational-based discipline mm-hmm. that we both believe in, that yeah. we believe that that's where it starts. I remember a quote, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so basic, but we need a relationship. Yeah. God wants a relationship with us. Yeah, and I, and you mentioned that our brain is a social brain. and so. But before we get there, I want to look at this book. Mm-hmm. It was called The Master Plan of Evangelism yes. by Dr. Robert E. Coleman. Mm-hmm. And I loved how he highlighted that what was Jesus's model oh. of discipling the disciples? I know. Yes. He was to be present with them. And so in the quote from the book is, he stayed with them. Having called his men, Jesus made a practice of being with them. This was the essence of his training program, just letting his disciples follow him, and that knowledge was gained by association before it was ever understood by explanation. Mm. And if we can take that model to our children by associating with them, by being present with them, by modeling for them the things that we want them to learn, that's it. That's right. And that can be intimidating or scary because, you know, what's the funny little quote? Don't do what I say. Do what I, oh, wait, no. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Which is, which is so wrong. It is know? very wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you, yes. If you're ever tempted to say that it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. Children will do what they see mm-hmm. and what they hear. Will That's say right. what they hear. Also, yeah. yes, so, yeah. they will say, <laughs> yeah, that they'll catch you sometimes yes. the, yeah. the, the wrong way. But yes, so that that was a beautiful example of the way Jesus did it and how we mm-hmm. should, that should be our goal. Yeah. That should, what we should be trying to do. And yeah. of course, let's cover all that up with grace too. Oh my goodness. We're going to make yes. mistakes. We're yeah, going to do things. The, what is the quote? 30%? Yeah. And I heard this at a conference I went to one time. And they might just go just beautifully present, planned. We might meet that child's need beautifully in that moment. 30% maybe, maybe don't, not go so well. Mm-hmm. But it's that redoing of those connections, that coming back around to it. Asking Doing it again, asking for forgiveness. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not just asking forgiveness, but let's do it again. Right. Let's have a redo. <laughs> a and redo. That, yes. And because and, <clears throat> that'll do two things. One, it helps build that resilience, but it also helps us practice doing mm. it a different way mm-hmm. so that we're more likely to do it that different way the next time around. But what it but, does for a child's mind is it's that resilience yes. that we're talking about, which is maybe a new word yeah. for our podcast, but resilience. It yes. builds. That sense of um, hope. Yeah. Relationships yeah. can be mended. Yes. We can do things over. We, yes. we are given grace in those moments. And, and I think, hope. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of people out there in the world right now that yes. do not have hope. Yes. But if we can be an example of that with our kids from when they're very little mm-hmm. and just live that, that's huge. Yeah. And I had a friend one time, an older woman, told me that a Christian counselor had told her, you know, 
it never hurts. If, if your children are adults now, go back and tell them you're sorry and, and mm-hmm. redo some of the things. Recall some of the things maybe that were painful before, maybe that just didn't go quite as nicely as you would have hoped. Hey, can I have done that? Yeah, yeah, I have too. I probably need to do it more, but, yeah. you know, we have done it. And just said even if you recall other things that we need to talk about. Yeah. That's healthy. That's it's healthy very communication. Healthy. And that's a part of discipling. Yes. Teaching teaching how to communicate properly. Yes. You know, even when they're adults, but as they're children, but as they're growing older too. So yeah. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's like that didn't that thing this morning didn't go as I had planned. Let's try that again. And mm-hmm. even have the child ask you or do the same thing and you do your part over again. Okay. Um, in that that's, moment. That's good. Again, just, So what does that look like for a two or three-year-old? Let's say, I don't know, let's throw a scenario out there. Let's say your two-year-old, I always go to cookies. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bake delicious cookies. I love it. Yeah. I want some of your chocolate chip cookies actually really soon. <laughs> okay, very good, yes. So let's say that you're, you're busy cooking supper, the two-year-old is crying for a cookie. <laughs> Maybe you <clears throat> speak harshly in that moment. And say, no, don't ask me again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the child starts crying, right? Because now mommy's voice was harsh. So it's even going back to that and say, oh, you know, mommy's spoken in a tone that, was a little, that wasn't the tone I wanted to use at that mm-hmm. time. So let's mm-hmm. try that again. I know you're hungry right now and, you, and supper will be ready soon. Yes. So just doing it over again, not just apologizing, but actually redoing the exchange yeah. is so much more healing. Repeating it. Yeah. And not giving in, saying, oh, I blew a yes. cookie. No. And, and we yeah. all make that mistake because then mm-hmm. we feel so worse. We're like, oh, no, I, I, I went, took that too far, so I better do something nice this mm-hmm. time. Or, you know, they use yeah. that word nice yeah. with quotes around it. <laughs> Extra I, nice. I better give them a, a, a treat mm-hmm. to try to make up for what happened. But really the best thing to do is just to redo it. Right. And do it with the heart and yeah. the grace that you had hoped to have in that moment. Yeah, really making up is really redoing it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's that's great. Yeah. Great advice. So do you want to jump into the social brain now and yeah. the fourth trimester and what that... Yeah. because That's interesting. I just think this is so cool that, you know, God, like you were saying, God designed us to be social beings and to be in relationship with him, that he designed us so much so that our brains are actually social organs. So we can think about how other organs in the body, you know, they're developing and growing in our bodies. Well, the brain doesn't develop and grow independent of others and the environment. It's actually forming these neural connections in our brain from these neurons that are in there. The connections between the neurons are formed through interactions with the environment and interactions with other people hmm. through these experiences that we have. Yes. And so however that happens is how the brain is formed. And I love how he allowed that. So humans, as I understand it, humans have a shorter mm-hmm. gestational period in the womb. And we, so we're born earlier than other mammals right. might be born. And that's because our brain needs those extra three months. So it's called the fourth trimester Mm -hmm. sometimes because it's so critical to our development that we are exposed then outside of the womb when we're still developing to understand how these relationship patterns work. I'm going to use the word that's exciting to understand that. Yeah, (laughs) it is. But it is. I mean, you even think businesses have Mm -hmm. come on board. I mean, one very big local business Mm -hmm. has just 
decided that it was very important for you to stay at home with your okay. child. It's important. Yes. It's so important for mom and dad, if they can, to yeah. stay at home with their child. Do you have that verse, the Colossians 3, 20 and 23, 21, I think it is? Is that yep. right? Three. Yeah, read that one first, okay. and then we'll end on the encouragement. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's just, it's just helpful to keep these things in mind when we're talking about discipline. So 320 is children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Mm-hmm. That sounds great, right? We mm-hmm. want that. And I've heard yes, so many parents yes. say that, well, you know, it pleases the Lord for you to obey me. That's right. But here's another piece of that. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Mm. And so for me, that really, it, it helps me see discipline as my discipline needs to be encouraging the children to do the things Right, we don't that want to I'm provoke teaching them. them or make them angry or irritated mm-hmm. with this or discouraged, yeah. you know. And I've heard it said that that father is really a, it's more of a generic parent. Yes. You and know, now it's easy for us as women sitting here, oh, no, yeah. no, no, that's the father <laughs> for sure. No, it's But definitely. we can provoke the kids yes. to Yes, we're, we're not theologians here. Yeah. We're not interpreting it, but <laughs> but yes, I take that very much as so um, parents. Yeah, let's name some ways that we can provoke or discourage our children. Using harsh tones, mm. harsh words, punishing children without having taught them that's the thing right. that they, the skill that's that right. they were needing, supporting them and helping them learn it. But not instead, even making it real clear mm-hmm. expectations on what you want them to do. And they don't even know what they failed for. And then they get punished. Right. You know, my goodness, is that a confusing situation? It would be very discouraging. Very yeah. discouraging yeah. and confusing. I think confusing a child mm-hmm. can provoke them to wrath. How about if you take it personal? Oh, yeah. That is yes. huge. Like, Courtney... When she was young, I mean, very young, it did not matter where we were. She was very social, okay. and she loved wherever wherever we were. She wanted to stay there longer. And I would come up to pick her up, and she would run the other way. Well, so I could have taken that, and it, I had to work through it. Mm-hmm. I took it personal at first. It was like, okay, she doesn't she doesn't want to be with me. She doesn't love me. She doesn't, you know, yeah. but it wasn't. No, she just wanted to be with her friends. Mm-hmm. She just loved being in a crowd of people and just loved. So don't take that personal. Right. I think when we do that, and it, just think if I would constantly berate her about that. You just don't care about me. You don't love me. You're not showing. I mean, can you imagine the communication, how that would make her feel all the time? That's That's an example. That's a great example. I've heard young moms just say, you hurt my feelings. You don't love me. You know, those little comments like that, they go deeper than what we think. Right. And they slip out of our mouths. So just to be aware of what we might be communicating to our kids if we take things personal. We've we've covered the discouragement enough. Yes, Let's yes. talk about encouraging yes. meaningful um, connections and how that 
helps stimulate the brain and the mind of a child or even us yeah. as adults with, with adult relationships. But what are some encouraging, meaningful connections? So when our, you know, our brain's a social brain yes. designed for these interactions. So when, when those neurotransmitters, and I'm also, okay, so not only am I not a theologian, I'm also not a <laughs> psychologist, <laughs> neuroscientist, any of those. But so the neurotransmitters, when our neurons fire these connections yes. and make these connections, they release dopamine and oxytocin mm, and all of these good feeling. Yeah. Yes. What did you but, say? It's it's equivalent to a dose of Ritalin. Yes. So there's there were some research that yeah. pointed how that was like a dose of Ritalin. So the more connections that you have with your child and those four components, as defined by conscious discipline, this is how they put it forward, is eye contact, touch, presence and playfulness. Mm -hmm. And so those four pieces together can make the brain and help the child pay attention. It's like, ah, mm. there's something new. There's something I want to learn this. The little bit of fun that comes yes. into it really makes it kind of the brain go, oh, this is something new. Yeah, I need to learn the, this. And what's released, what you're talking about, makes it enjoyable. Yes. It, this is a good thing. They're bonding. Yes. Bonding yes. Um, agents there. So yeah, it uh, it's just something to keep in mind because we don't often think about, and I've talked to other parents and they'll ask me, hey, you know, even, is it, can you give me some ideas of what I can do to help my child? This thing happened. So, you know, we're always so focused on what's the punishment, what's the consequence mm -hmm. that I need to come up with for this mm -hmm. to help my child learn not to do this again. The biggest piece of it is have more connection time with your child. Right. Your child is needing you to connect with them some more as well. So let's bring them into the fold more. Beautiful. Five minutes of playtime or connection time with your child increases cooperation by 50%, wow. one study said. Let's say that again. Yeah. That, that's huge. Five minutes of playtime with your child with all those components, eye contact, touch, presence, playfulness, increases cooperation by 50%. 50%. 50%. Yeah. I mean, that, if you don't remember anything else, y'all, from this podcast, remember that yeah. one. Write it down. Because five minutes. Five minutes. We sit in line to drive through and get something like a coffee or yeah. something a lot longer than that. Five minutes. Yes. And we've talked about eye contact, how yes. important eye contact is. Talk so, about, let's talk about uh, touch. Okay, touch, but let's go back to eye contact just okay. before we leave it because I know we've talked about it, yes. but it's so, you know, but just really be aware of how often during mm. the day are you having eye contact with your child. When they get home from preschool or school, are you making that eye contact um, with a child? When you drop them off. When you drop them off, are you having school. that eye contact yeah. as they leave? Or even taking them to daycare if that yeah. happens to be in your schedule. Yeah, yeah so just... just Making sure that you're not missing some of those opportunities because mm -hmm. your good. child wants your eye contact and they'll find a way to get it mm -hmm. that you might not enjoy as much. I know. Um, I'm much more attuned to eye contact than Hank, and it was mm -hmm. the same way with the kids growing up too. And so I, when I'd see him looking, the kids looking at Hank, I'm like, Hank, 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 look, 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 they're looking at you. You know, so just if you, even if we can help each other too. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's helpful. And so touch is, you mentioned touch. Well, I'm so thinking yeah. touch with athletics. Yes. There have been studies that have shown, you know, which team wins the championship, and it would always be the team that had more high fives and chest bumps and all that. Mm -hmm. Touch is the only sense that we can't live without. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like in the orphanages. Mm-hmm. We, if they didn't have touch, they would They'd literally have, yeah, die. Failure to thrive. And so it just, yeah, so touch is really important. You know, of course, with little kids, we do, you know, we hold little babies and we hold them. But as kids get older, remembering that, you know, we, we think about hugs, but also think about, you know, high fives and um, just anything you can do today, special family handshakes. Mm, I mean, that's a good, that's, that's a good idea. I, I didn't ever actually do that, but I've always we thought, didn't either. What I didn't know that when, yeah. when my kids were younger, but how much fun that would be to have a special family handshake that you do when you drop your child off at yeah, preschool or wherever they are, um, a special handshake that you do when you reunite, mm-hmm. but just... And let's let's hold off on the presents because we're going to jump down okay. on that one because that's a big one. Mm-hmm. But playfulness. Yeah. Sometimes life can get just too heavy, too busy, too many things to do and serious. Yes. That we forget about just playfulness. Just play. Now, that's easy when they're real little. Yes. But when, when they get older and we're driving them places and with time restraints mm-hmm. and, yeah, it can just get thrown out the window. Yeah, and just, you know, even with your older child, playing football outside if you have a son, you know, just mm-hmm. throwing the ball with him and giving a, a high five afterwards or, you know, playing alongside them, just anything fun. Just and anything just, fun, that's yeah. right. Something that they like to do. Something, oh, good, yes, <laughs> good. And something <laughs> they something like, you like to do. <laughs> yes, something that, that they like to do. that might not be playfulness to them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, come help me cook. Well, they may not really be interested yes. in helping you cook, but some some may really yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, there's such value in valuing what they enjoy, mm-hmm. listening to their music if they're a, a preteen mm-hmm. or an adolescent. You know, just yeah. listening to their music and um, being grateful that they've been, they've shared that with you. That's great. And so. this is really all a part of discipline. Yes, it is. Yes. So once relationship, again, it relationship. seems like we're just talking, you know, but this is all a part of discipline. Okay, so the last meaningful touch that we're mm-hmm. going to touch on today is being present yes. with them. Children live in the present. Mm-hmm. Developmentally, they don't really have any concept of the future or and they don't remember what happened yesterday. Mm, they live like me. <laughs> <laughs> they live in that present mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and so it's it's being there with them right. in that moment. Yes, is so important, and it's so hard sometimes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like it should be. I mean, maybe when you're at home with them and they're little. Sometimes it can be easier and sometimes not. I think of the book Practicing the Presence of God by Lawrence. Oh, no, it was Brother Lawrence. It's just a little bitty book. It's classic. He was a monk, and he wrote this book, and he just talked about how the, the part that I remember, he had cleanup duty in the kitchen and how he practiced God's presence even when he washed dishes. And he would he writes these prayers about just, talking to the Lord while he's doing his dailies. And so it's just a really beautiful picture about practicing the presence of God, but how we could take that into our lives and practicing the presence with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard it also talked about ministry, the ministry of being present with somebody. You don't always have to be doing something. Just being present with them sometimes speaks louder than giving advice. A lot of times people don't want advice. They just yeah. want you to be there with them. So yeah. so let's talk about with children being present. What does that look like? You said there's so many distractions, phone, busyness, worries, anxieties, other oh. concerns. Letting that go so that you can just slow down and observe them. 
Mm-hmm. Get to know them. Mm-hmm. We had listed some distractions, even being depressed or marital yeah. issues yeah. and let your mind just get wrapped up in worry and anxiety and the phone. Of course, mm-hmm. we know the mm-hmm. phone or... You know. Slow down and be on their pace. Again, mm-hmm. they're, they're capturing that wonder of childhood and just being present in it mm-hmm. and just discovering the things they're discovering. Yes. God wants to be present with us. And he wants to be present with whoever he's put in our path. And thankfully, we get to be present with our children. As you go through your day, think about those four components of a meaningful connection. Yes. And how you are having eye contact with your child, the playfulness and presence Mm. you bring to it, and touch. Yes. I'm going to say it again. This was exciting. Just thinking through this and having a conversation with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at themindofachildpod, or you can email us at themindofachildpodcast at gmail.com.